Want to get the most out of your TV and streaming ads? Effective can help. As part of the Comcast advertising family of brands, Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to help you find your unique audience. They have more than 300 targetable audience segments and a potential reach of 96 million adults. And they deliver your TV and streaming ads to the right audience across all screens, wherever and whenever they watch. Get the most out of your advertising at EFFECTV.com. This week on Next in Media, I spoke with Lex Josephs, GM of Sam's Club member access platform. Sam's Club feels like one of what it's hundreds of brands that have gotten into retail media over the past couple of years. But the membership-driven company is a little bit different than most. Think more like Netflix than Walmart. So I talked to Lex about how the brand has been able to keep his paying members happy while also taking advantage of all that heavy demand from advertisers. Let's get started. Hi, welcome to Next in Media. I'm here with Lex Joseph. She's the GM of Sam's Club member access platform. Hey, Lex, thanks for being here. No, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, I'm excited. We've had several folks on from the retail media space, but I've been really excited to know more about Sam's Club and this business. I think it's a great moment in time to talk about it all. So maybe if you, you give us the brief history of Sam's Club getting into this business, I'd love to know how it worked. Did you partner? Did you build your own stuff? What is MAP? That's a, like a big opening question, but just kind of maybe set the stage for us about who you are, what you're doing. No, that's great. Um, I always like to cover Sam's Club's model at a high level because it's a really different space that we're in, which is the membership space. And it's a more curated, personalized experience. Very different than a 3P mass medium market model. Right. Uh, so basically at Sam's Club, we have been committed for a long time to becoming the channel leader uh, and the membership that shoppers love most. And we've grown dramatically over the last three years. Uh, fun fact, if we were a standalone company, not part of the Walmart enterprise, we would be 39th on the Fortune 500 list. So just wow. to give you perspective of how big Sam's Club is. It's a nice little side business for Walmart. And it's a nice, it's a, it, exactly. Um, we actually increased to a record of $84 billion last year. And as a result of just this tremendous growth, one of the areas that we recognize that would be a really great opportunity for our marketers, our merchants, and our member is if we launched an additive ads experience to our member. Right. And that's actually what MAP stands for. So it's a it's a member access platform. What, what And that really is baked into the DNA and the ethos of what Sam's Club is, which is member obsession. And we launched it in June of 2022, being highly intentional with what MAP is. Uh, we knew that our marketers, as well as our merchants, they wanted access uh, to a platform that would really be focused on our members. And at the end of the day, because we're a membership ecosystem, it has to be an additive ads experience or you alienate sure. the member. And so that was really unique, right? There are a lot of different models out there. It's like get big, get mass, right. huge, and saying, no, you actually have to be additive to the member's experience because if you don't, you alienate the member. And so that's really like the corner of, of what it is. The other thing that we recognized pretty early on was we have 40 years of data and it's 40 years of membership data. So when you think about what MAPS cornerstone is, is we have to be additive. We are a curated model where we offer a curated assortment to our members, but we also can enable this incredible use of our first party shopper data um, from this incredible model to inform 
not only ad campaigns, but we really need to be able to say what ads experiences are right for a member, what results are improving for our marketers, does it align with the sales that they're actually driving, and as a result, the ecosystem or our flywheel should operate um, just in an improved manner. So that's really actually how MAP was born. It was born from Sam's Club and it was born from member obsession. Yeah. Well, the first thing I thought of is everyone is scrambling for first party data and you have 40 years worth of it, which is which is rather insane and unusual. It's probably hard to put in the average data platform that people are using in this space. Right. <laughs> yes. I, I want to I want to ask you some stuff specifically about why you're different, but maybe can you give us a little bit more because I, I think I've talked to different folks in this space and it's either retail companies starting ad businesses from, from scratch. They need to they need help right away. They need a partner. They build it themselves sometimes. They've had their own direct marketing groups that translate well. What was the building process like for this product before we get into some of the specifics? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. So the, the first thing was we have to start with the member, not with, and, and that's really baked into what even our platform is called. So you'll find that there are a lot of ads businesses out there where they start with the the retailer's name or they they sp start with the ads business name. Um, for us, we said it has to start with the member. Um, so we said, okay, it has to be that. And, and the value proposition is actually quite simple. It's providing the most additive ads experiences to our member while simultaneously driving profitability for Sam's Club. Right. And right. And so when you say that, a couple of things have to be true. We we have to make sure that the ads experience is born out of membership behavior and that it's going to add to them. But we also have to think about profit because if we generate profit, then that can be reinvested into our members, into our associates. And so that creates this incredible flywheel. Um, to your point, we have this treasure trove of membership data. And so the way that we look at it is we are slightly unique in the sense that we are part subscription model and we are an ads model. Right. When you think about us, we have this incredible membership that is enabled by their spending power where they can invest in a membership, much like a subscription service of a Netflix or an Uber or whatnot. Um, but they're also shopping. And so we, we have this really interesting juxtaposition. Um, so we understood that the membership model was highly unique, that there are not many platforms that are doing this in market. Um, we understood that personalization and curation is going to be a cornerstone of what we do. And so what we were able to do, because you asked about the build, is we took the strong parts of Walmart Inc.'s tech, and then we customized it for the membership model. Okay. So we, right, so that was kind of part one, was like, what can we lever? And then we realized, okay, but from a, from a customization aspect into the membership model, we said, well, there are key partners like LiveRamp and now Circana and Trade Desk who allow members to support products on places both within Sam's Club and off of Sam's Club, how can we make that work for a membership ecosystem? And so we, we kind of look at it as like a build by, or I would say build leverage partner model, right? So we, we leverage the best parts of Walmart tech. We made sure that we are building what's right for a membership ecosystem and we're partnering with the right platforms that understand a membership right. ecosystem. So that's really how we're able to right. build so it. You're not just, uh, it wasn't just, hey, we've already got Walmart Connect. We got this portrayed us deal. Let's just like slap our stuff in now, here and that'll be fine. You, it had to be a little bit custom while leveraging the best of that. Yeah, no, the way that I say is like, you need curation and you need mass. You need a member and you need a customer, but you, you can't do both well by using the same of everything. That's why we have two CEOs, two right. different merchandise teams, two supply chains, two ads businesses. 
um, a member is really different than a customer. And so we were able to thankfully leverage what has been built, but then we have to customize it for what's right for a membership ecosystem as opposed to a mass in a 3P marketplace system. Okay. You you may have sort of covered this already, but I want to maybe probe into it a little bit because I think I think most most retail media networks would probably say, well, our, our, our advertising is additive. We're making things better for the customers, right? This is all like we're not we're not doing any annoying advertising or unwelcome. But what what is specifically different about the membership model? Is it that you don't you don't you don't advertise anything that isn't available or that they don't really want based on their data? What's like really different about that? Well, yeah, so a great example is um, as a membership ecosystem, what we're able to say is we understand truly what our member is shopping for, right? And we have this incredible opportunity of leveraging, um, if you think about you leverage the scale to invest in a certain number of items, and then you can actually purchase those items at scale. And that's it's a channel model, or you should say a membership model. Um, when you think about then what that means for us is that we go very deep with the various advertisers and suppliers that we work with. Um, we don't work with uh-huh. everybody. And therefore, it's a very different model because to your point, I'm not saying every single person come work with us because that wouldn't be right for the member. That's certainly not right for the Sam's Club channel um, and therefore wouldn't be right for Matt. And so what we have to think through is, okay, what are the, what's the right assortment? Therefore, what is the right item? And therefore, what is the right brand that we are bringing into the club that's right for the member? And then how are we marketing that to the member in a way that is additive? And so I'll give you an example. We knew that our members were searching more than ever. And so lighting up and launching a search ads experience was the right thing for the member. And we can leverage a lot of these standards that are within the retail media ecosystem that currently exist, which is how do you build a successful search business within retail media? But nobody has done it for a membership ecosystem, which means that the ad innovation that you need to introduce to highlight a curated assortment is very different than just being able to bid on mass. mass So it's not like a search ad isn't just a search ad, just a search ad. Like that's not how it works. You can't, right? Because if I am a brand, there's a finite number of SKUs that are going to be available to me in right. a club. And so I need to be able to surface the right experience to a brand and to a member that is appropriate for a membership ecosystem. So I can leverage a lot of the tech that's been built for the search industry, but then for what's right for a membership and curation, I have to innovate. And so the paradigm that we use at Sam's Club is how do you meet, beat, lead, and differentiate? And so within MAP, because we're born from Sam's Club, how do we meet retail media network standards? How do we beat leveraging our in-club tech like Scan and Go? How do we lead with our data and measurement? And how do we differentiate leveraging ads experiences that highlight our curation as opposed to a mass market 3P model? And so that creates a very interesting strategy because it's focused on the member and what is right for the member. Um, and it gives us, quite frankly, a very specific charter, not being everything to everyone. Does that mean, I have a couple of questions that come out of that. Does that mean that you are in, by nature, like you're seeing a lot of retail media companies experiment with, well, let's go beyond these search ads at the, at like the, the, our version of the, you know, gum and magazines at the counter. Like let's do more sophisticated vid- video and, and, visual stuff and like really trying to push things forward. 
are you going to be naturally a little more restrained with ad formats because you of the membership model? You don't want to mess up the experience. I wouldn't say restrained. I would say that we're going to have to innovate with things that haven't been done before because most retail media platforms are not a membership model. Yeah. Um, so what I can do is I can lever a lot of what has been done that has worked and I can see what's going to work within a membership ecosystem. But using an ads experience, again, I have to do search advertising very differently than the likes of many of the mass retail media platforms out there because it's not going to work. Um, again, there's a finite number of SKUs that are going to be within a membership ecosystem. So I have to personalize it in a way that makes sense to a member and also that makes sense to an advertiser. It can't just be taking a mass model and right. putting it into a membership ecosystem. So I look at that as thank you so much, retail media, for doing so much of the work of understanding the standards. Sometimes it's nice to go second or third in one of these emerging categories. Right. I'm, like, I'm going to take what works, but I have to spend a lot of time innovating because the membership model hasn't been done in retail right. media at scale. So therefore, I have to be able to do both. So for me, that's very exciting because I've, I've done the mass model before. So to now be able to do a curated, personalized membership ecosystem, it's you need complexity and scale. Um, so we've done scale and now we get to do complexity. Does it make your life any easier given that it, your customer base is, like you said, f exclusive, finite, like finite to a degree? You know, you hear from other retailers that are getting, get into this business. Well, I've got to, you know, I've got to serve a bunch of different masters now. We're not just an ad company. I've got to worry about supply chains and what's on, what's on the shelf and should I advertise XYZ or not? And is it going to make everybody happy? Is it easier because it's uh, like an exclusive club or is it different? I think it, I don't know if I would say easier or more complex. I would say it's more focused. Um, if you start with what is right for your member and therefore what is the membership that you're providing to the member, which are services and incredible items. Um, and then you, and then born out of that, you say, okay, and then what's an ads experience that's going to add to the memberships, ex to the member's experience. It gives it, I would say, a much more linear flow because you really have a North Star that you're pointing to. Um, and when the culture is rallied around a member obsession and your membership, what you provide to a member is rallied around your membership um, obsession and even your flywheel and your strategy and your diamond paradigm, which, which is all the constructs of strategy, it's all rallied around member uh -huh. obsession. So I'm not a master. I wouldn't say I have a lot of people I have to listen to. I would say I, I have a member right. and I have to do right, right. by the member. Right. I start with the member and that always comes back. Then I know what I have to do to make sure that it's the right model. To your point, if you are one day, I want to be big. And then the next day, I want to be effective. And the next day, I want to be results oriented. And the next day, I want to be up yeah. a funnel. If you keep changing who you are and what your North Star is, that becomes very difficult to do. But if you have a very clear, who am I really trying to satisfy? And also, what am I trying to do for the company? Those are two very specific objectives. Right. So I need to be additive and profitable. Right. So that that help, that helps streamline or focus your decision making, theoretically. Very much so. Okay. Let's take a quick break. I'm here with Pooja Mehta. She's the EVP General Manager at Effective. Hey, Pooja. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, Pooja, how valuable is audience-based targeting versus content-based? And which do you think will lead future planning conversations? So depending on the use case, there's real value in both. Um, Audience-based targeting leverages data and it allows for so much more precision, efficiency, and personalization. At Effective, you know, we have over 300 unique targetable audience segments that offer precise reach and improve consumer ad relevance. And time and again, what we see is that the more personalized the ad content, the greater the increase in engagement and conversion for customers. That said, 
Content-based targeting is also very valuable, particularly for awareness and brand building. It can help brands reach wider audiences, especially those that are outside of predefined segments. And there's also the context of certain types of content or content moments works really well in some cases. Think about beer ads during sports events or political ads during news. So which one's going to lead the future planning conversation? I think it's going to depend on the campaign objective. Marketers have to be prepared to do both. It's important that brands be able to build top of funnel awareness and content-based targeting works well for that. Brands also need to be able to drive activation in the lower funnel. And that's where audience-based targeting really shines. So at Effective, we work with advertisers, you know, all types of advertisers to help them find their unique audience and balance between audience and content-based targeting to help them build a successful ad strategy. Thanks, Pooja. Uh, so on that note, yeah, the, the big, this might be a simple answer, but the, you know, big, a big thing in this category has been okay, we were going to eventually max out our, how many brands can advertise on our own owned and operated site. Let's take our, let's, let's take our data out to the open web or share it or partner with folks that can do that. Do you want to get into that business? Is that something you are being really careful of because of your membership model? The good news is that we have, and I don't know if you, if you actually follow any of the handles that exist outside of Sam's Club, but um, we have a very wonderful membership ecosystem where they like to go on treasure hunts um, and they go on treasure hunts on Twitter and on TikTok and on Instagram and a whole number of places. But these are like shopping influencers you're talking about, essentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they love it. They love exactly. Um, and so anytime they see our merchandise, they tr they truly love it. Um, and their Sam's Club finds, which is a hashtag. But the reason I bring this up is that we know that because our members are shopping and getting inspiration in so many areas and then coming back to Sam's Club, we understand that we have this ability to then, of course, go do so the same. So what we've been able to do so far is we leverage our intelligent retargeting made possible by our partnership with the Trade Desk. And so what we can do is we can then retarget Sam's Club's visitors on tens of thousands uh -huh. of other digital platforms. Um, They've been challenged. A lot of advertisers have, they've wanted to better optimize their retargeting, but they often wind up bombarding customers with just repetitive or irre irrelevant ads, mainly because their data is just incomplete or inaccurate. And so you just get served the same thing over and over again. Because we're able to use the real-time accurate data from registered Sam's Club members, which is very pure data, we're able to now target based on what we know members are actually in the market for at the current right. moment. We can then stop serving members ads once they completed their purchase so that they're not going to see ads for the items they've already purchased. And so that's a, a benefit of a membership ecosystem. So yes, to answer your question, we are absolutely um, leveraging retargeting offsite. Um, we understand our members are offsite, but we also want to do it in a way that is right for the member and not just getting repetitive ads. Yeah. We want to make sure that it's right for their shopping moment. That's interesting. You made me, because in a, even before we had retail media networks, there was a common complaint with in the cookie-driven era that you get this, you would get the ad for the thing you already bought or the thing you, the shopping cart you abandoned, and drove everybody nuts. And uh, theoretically, that should be better in this post-cookie world. But I, I often wonder if the open web is going to be just inundated with retail media advertising because of of the power we've seen, and, and it'll be a first-party data world. But so you're, it sounds like you're saying there are some flaws in that model that that, that are from you know, not to name names other partners that you're st you, there, there there's a danger that the web could be get the same kind of feeling of being 
harassed or chased or, or retarded with stuff that doesn't matter that we have to be guard against. Yeah, I think a lot, again, comes back to the accuracy of your data, right? So if you think that somebody is shopping for something, but you don't know that they're no longer shopping for something, but then you serve them the thing that you think they're shopping for, but in fact, they're not, that's yeah. frustrating as a shop, right? You're like, but I did that already. So we can do it differently because we're able to say, okay, but at this moment in time, we know that this is what they're interested in because, again, you're a member, so it's a subscription, so we understand what you're actually doing. We can see the LTV of what it is that you're doing. And so therefore, we're able to more precisely explain, great, at this moment, at this time, this makes sense for you, but guess what? Once you're done with that, we know to move on. Right. I think to your point, what's probably frustrating for a shopper is if they're receiving messaging after they've completed a purchase, and they're saying, "Why didn't you stop? You should know yeah. that I've done it already." Yeah, and that so that you know that should that should be better for members, but it's it's an open question about whether that's how it's going to go for the the web at, at large. Um, at large, what do you think? There have been a lot of you know, for the most part, retail media has been about e-commerce, um, but there are various attempts to try to tie exposures to in-store or to, to have some kind of clever attribution because it's retail media data. Where, where are you on that, if, if at all? Maybe where do you think that might be going broadly? Yes. So we, I would say we focus on increasing member touch points, but we don't want to reduce the member experience. So, and I say that because I, there's been so many different questions I've heard of, do you think that the scale of in-store can overpower the reach of TV yes. or can, right? Like, or can Is that the new TV out, outlet? Yep. Exactly right. And so my my perspective based on what, again, what's right for the member is, okay, we can increase the member touch points and we can be additive to those touch points, but it, we can't reduce the experience. So I can't just throw an ad in front of a member and assume that they're going to be happy about it. So right now our focus is we are not going to plaster ads all over checkout screen. We are not going to just add uh, messaging in store for the sake of reach. We have to be very intentional what we do in club. Right. And I say that because, again, we have 600 clubs. Um, so we are very specific about what we do in our clubs. We are actually in the process of building 30 new clubs. Um, but one piece of technology in club that you can see is additive to our member. It has been really adopted. And that could be additive from an ads experience is something like Scan and Go. So this is in within our app. It allows members to bypass the checkout line inside a sample because uh -huh. when you think about what they're purchasing, they, they don't necessarily want to load everything onto a conveyor belt. And so our members can skip the checkout line and they experience frictionless checkout right through the app. And you literally scan the item with your phone, you add it to your cart, you pay for the item, and then you head out the door. Um, so seeing that, we understand, okay, there there's something there that based on a member's ability to scan something, we know where they are in the aisle. We understand what it is they're doing. So in, we're in discovery for calendar year 2024 of like what type of ads experience would be appropriate if we think we can add to the members. So that's kind of one example. Um, a second example is our AI scrubber. Her name is Roberta. Of course. Most people don't necessarily know exactly, right? But so she's phenomenal. Um, and she is roaming around Sam's Club right now, and she has an inventory intelligence tower, which tells associate if an item is out of stock or it's getting close to being out of stock and basically notifies the app tool, which is my club owner inventory and lets them know, hey, this is out of stock. But there's something there. We don't know what it is. We're like, huh, 
there's something about these scrubbers or something about Roberta, there's yeah. something about the AI ingenuity. Um, again, it has to be right for the associate and or the member, but that's where we're thinking. So we're thinking more in terms of, as opposed to just using it as a reach vehicle, what is going to be right for the member in the right location at the right time, as opposed to, can we just right. plaster something and gain yeah. scale? It's not going to work for our member, but that's the type of technology it's we're the looking kind of, into. It's kind of in the name. If it, It's a club, right? You don't want it to become in well, a place where you, it's no. not a sports bar or whatever. I don't know. That, we're going to get bombarded with no, that exactly. that's what you, left and right. So I think that is my favorite conversation when people are like, but you're a store. And I say, no, we're a club. And they're like, but you have customers. I'm like, no, right. we have a member. <laughs> and so it's, so it's a very different model. <laughs> yeah. And, but, and I'm sure the consumer mindset is really different because of that. Very different. What they they also again they're paying for their membership, so they expect you to be able to deliver experiences, services, items, yeah. of cur curated assortment. They expect you to know who they are. You should so, know me. Yeah, you should know what I like, what I need. And you can imagine. I'm sure you have a number of subscriptions. You probably get very frustrated when you serve something. You're like, that is irrelevant to me, and you have a different emotional reaction than if you were to just be one of many. Right. What about, uh, well, I meant to ask you this earlier, when, when you talk, there's been a lot of experimentation in this, uh, we talked about the open web and bringing data there, a lot of attempts at, you know, is CTV going to become a shopping medium? Is it going to be something where, you, where you're clicking and buying stuff or is it going to be useful in driving uh, folks to other places that make purchases and can we track that? Is that an area that you want to experiment? Are you doing anything there that's noteworthy? What do you think of the potential of that vehicle? Absolutely. No, I think uh, what we're, again, what we're thinking through is going back to just the meet, beat, lead and differentiate. One of the things that um, we know is important is meeting standards. And one standard that has becoming increasingly important is all things video, CTV, et cetera. And so that is a conversation, especially when we're trying to reach our offsite member. We understand that in partnership with the trade desk, there are a number of ad formats that we can absolutely uh -huh. look into. So those, again, are on discovery for calendar year 2024. Um, where, again, we have to be different is saying, okay, but a message that's going to go out into the ether leveraging CTV has to be personalized and curated, leveraging a differentiated and curated right. assortment because I'm going to be everything to everyone. It's a different so, set of issues, yeah. Right. And so it's I have to personalize it in a way that is going to be appropriate for a member, not just a mass market consumer. And so that's where we're able to say, how do we meet the retail standard? Got it. I am going to have to lead with our data and measurement. OK, we got that. But I'm going to have to differentiate because I have a curated assortment. I do not have, you know, tens of millions of SKUs that I'm just kind of surfacing to everyone. At the yeah, point. right. I need to know what this person actually wants, what this member wants. So, and does that lend itself to television advertising? It's, well, it's, I was going to say it, it's to be determined. We haven't done it yeah. yet, but we're definitely looking into how can we marry our data with the data of what exists, and then in the right ad format, is this appropriate for the member, and is this appropriate in terms of the curation that we have? Right, that's a tricky one, but probably lots of potential if you nail it. You know what? I love puzzles, though. So this one is yeah. fascinating because I think all it's been great that there's this roadmap of mass market out there, but mass market can become commoditized yep. very quickly. And so when you start saying, huh, but we have curation and personalization in 40 years of data, there's something here. I haven't figured it out yet entirely, but I know how I can beat. I know I can lead. I know where I have to differentiate. Thank you for helping us figure out meat because that's what's been done before. I figure out this stuff over here. So that's exciting because that is um, the never been done. And Sam's Club is very good at that. 
Scan and Go didn't sure. exist before Sam's Club. So it's been great to work for a company that truly innovates and moves very quickly. Speaking of stuff that has been done before or is being everyone everyone says they're doing it is um, this, the whole brands bringing their data to retailers or any any media company really and trying to match things up through clean rooms. I, I wonder if oh, yes. uh, if hey, you're seeing that and is it also again different because of your membership and your the the st- the your needs have to be really curated and careful. Yes, I was going to say so again kind of going back to what we said. I'd say there are a lot of partners that want Uh, yeah full stop um there is an enormous opportunity to do it in real time and to do it with more accuracy um so there are a lot of partners who want to do with us we're being very selective with who we do it so we have recognized that the partners of live ramp safe haven trade desk circana they have been great partners of us right from the beginning um but then there are others that we understand okay we do you really protect membership data can you really anonymize an entire audience group? Uh-huh. Can you truly do this in a way that's safe? You can't take chances. No. And so um, we're very thankful for the partners that we have today. Um, and we're very excited to see how this matching in clean rooms that are truly safe can help make more personalized and customized messaging to our members elsewhere and, of course, to our marketers. But we have to do it in a way that protects right. the member. You mentioned a few times how this category has, it, you've been lucky in that you can follow some of the, of the early movers. It's all happened very fast, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming super crowded really quickly and lots of money, which is great. But I always wonder what you think, what, what happens next? Do we think it sort of screams for consolidation or some like either on the buy side of the agency world or uh, Within, within tech partners, where, where do you think this this market evolves over the next couple of years if you get a crystal ball? Oof, it's a great question. Um, I would say right now, if I'm thinking, I always try and think on behalf of a customer and that customer could be, again, it could be a member, it yep. could be a marketer, it could be my merchant in, internally. Um, if I am a marketer right now, there are a lot of choices and there, there are probably, there are too yeah. many choices. So I think it's logical to think consolidation will occur, but I, I think consolidation is going to occur more on the retailer side. So a retailer acquiring another. So thinking about what Kroger yeah. and Albertsons are going, right? That wasn't Precision and Albertson Media Collective deciding that they're going to merge. It was Kroger and Albertsons right, deciding right. that. It wasn't right? a tech deal, but I it think, became one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, was, it was a bigger deal than that. I do think it's funny, though, when people say it was an ads deal. I'm like, really? I'm, no. Um, not really. Um I do think that there will be an ecosystem where there's specialization because I don't think that everyone can be everyone to everyone. So that's where I get excited about where we sit because I at no point said I'm going to be the biggest. I didn't say I was going to be the right. largest. I do intend to be the most additive to our member and I do intend to be profitable. Um, but I do think that marketers are going to have to figure out which platform is best for them based on the, the needs that they have. So I, I think that's kind of that's the choice aspect. I think the other part is, again, we have, we're lucky because we have a very specific strategy, but if everyone meets retail media network standards, but you don't start figuring out how you're going to beat, lead, or differentiate, then everyone becomes the same. And so I think that's going to be another challenge for everybody is there seemingly is a playbook right now that many are following, but where do you then stand out? And sometimes people challenge me and saying, oh, but a membership ecosystem, that's so challenging. And I said, it's very special. 
because I know exactly what I'm doing for my member and I know how I can lead, I know how I can beat, and I know how I can differentiate. The meat part is the checklist. And so that gives me the right to play in the market. But I think that's going to be a big opportunity for everybody is to figure out how are you differentiating in a- What makes you special. Right. And so I think that's where you're going to have to start seeing specialists surface because everyone can't be the same thing to everyone. Well, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, Total pleasure. Thanks so much, Lex, for for taking the time out to talk. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, let's chat again down the road. I'd love to. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thanks again to my guest this week, Lex Josephs of Sam's Club, and my partners at Comcast Advertising. If you like this week's episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next time for more on what's next in media.